Welcome to A Great Big City News, episode 13. Today, Hudson Yards, Manhattan's last neighborhood. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Trace Gilton, editor-in-chief of A Great Big City. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit agreatbigcity.com support to learn how to support New York City local news and allow us to keep bringing you this podcast. If you're a New York-based business and would be interested in sponsoring our podcast, visit agreatbigcity.com slash advertising to learn more. Today is a special episode in honor of the grand opening of Hudson Yards, the newest development in Manhattan. I titled this episode Manhattan's Last Neighborhood because Hudson Yards is a unique development. Other areas in Manhattan may change names, like the East Village splitting off of the Lower East Side, and new areas may be built like Battery Park City, but Hudson Yards will be the last neighborhood to grow from a previously undeveloped piece of Manhattan land. The site has been a rail yard since the turn of the last century and had been the target of many developers over the years, but only recently did plans come together to build the largest private real estate development in the United States on top of the block-long open areas of train tracks. A cutaway model provided by Hudson Yards shows the multiple layers at the site. Amtrak and New Jersey Transit tunnels at the deepest level in the Hudson Tunnel, 30 tracks of Long Island Railroad storage and maintenance areas just below ground level, then an elevated platform constructed over the tracks that contains machinery to run the complex, support structures drilled into the bedrock, and the street-level parks and building entrances of the new Hudson Yards. If you ride the new 7 train extension to Hudson Yards, you'll emerge from even deeper under the complex, since that new station is 125 feet below street level, making it one of the deepest in the subway system. The part of the development opening on March 15th is really only half of what will ultimately rise from the rail yards. The section east of 11th Avenue was developed first, but more residential towers and open public space will be added in the next phase west of 11th. This episode, we'll learn about a few of the new features opening this weekend in the new neighborhood. Part of Hudson Yards along 10th Avenue will be devoted to high-end retail shopping, much like the retail areas opened at the World Trade Center complex. High-priced fashion brands will fill most of the space. A multi-story Neiman Marcus store will anchor the shopping areas, with stores like Louis Vuitton, Coach, and Zara showing up along the mall's corridors. If you're running low on time and can't make a trip down Fifth Avenue, stores from luxury watchmakers Patek Philippe, Rolex, and Piaget will be there to lend you a hand. For a less spendy option, there's a store called Beta on the second floor that gives shoppers the ability to try out products that are usually ordered online and produced by smaller companies that can't afford to open an entire storefront. The structure sitting along the High Line that looks like an inflatable ice cube is the art, performance, and event space at Hudson Yards called The Shed. It's a transforming building with sliding panels and a rolling canopy that can host a variety of events. An animation on the Hudson Yards site shows how The Shed transforms to change from an indoor venue for concerts and art to an open-air plaza for watching movies, and even how it internally transforms to accept deliveries. The Shed will even announce on social media when the building will be transforming for a new event, so you'll have advance notice if you want to stop by and watch the four-story structure move. The Shed will be opening in early April with a five-night concert series. 
Sitting right behind the shed performance venue, the vessel sculpture has fast become one of the most recognizable features of Hudson Yards. Standing 150 feet tall, the cocoon of 154 interconnected stairways will let visitors climb onto dozens of observation platforms and view Hudson Yards from multiple directions. It's sure to become a favorite of photographers, whether they're taking sunset photos from atop the structure or using the structure itself as artistic inspiration. The name may be The Vessel for now, but Hudson Yards will be accepting suggestions on a more fitting name for the sculpture. During the grand opening ceremony where Big Bird helped Anderson Cooper officially open the vessel to visitors, Big Bird compared the sculpture to his own Sesame Street bird nest, which really does look similar since it's an interlocking nest of brown branches. Visiting the sculpture currently requires making a free reservation, but it's unclear if this will continue into the future or if it's only intended to keep crowd numbers low during the ongoing construction at Hudson Yards. If you take any innovative photos of the vessel or have a suggestion on a better name than the vessel, send them in to a great big city on social media. If you're looking for a higher vantage point, make your reservation for The Edge, an observation deck at Hudson Yards that will become the highest public balcony in the city. Jutting out from the southeast corner of number 30 Hudson Yards, the triangle-shaped deck will offer a variety of views across the city and the Hudson River, all from a height of 1,100 feet. The nine-foot glass wall surrounding the observation deck will lean outwards at the point of the triangle, giving daredevils an opportunity to lean forward and look straight down from a point 65 feet away from the building. The deck won't be open as part of Hudson Yard's grand opening, but you can reserve a spot and be on the list of the first visitors when it does open. So what's in store for the future of Hudson Yards? It may look out of place at the moment, but just like the World Trade Center complex, Hudson Yards will begin to blend in with the New York around it as construction is finished and more open spaces are added. The plaza is open to visitors and will have Wi-Fi access, so it may prove popular as a place to take a rest in Hell's Kitchen, which otherwise had a limited amount of public green space. The upcoming parkland along the High Line and the Hudson River will add a much-needed boost to an area where pedestrians were relegated to a narrow sidewalk next to the highway, and the only sight to see was the concrete rear wall of the Javits Center. Much like the open lawns along the Hudson in Battery Park City, the green space at Hudson Yards will likely prove to be a popular space for watching the sunset or having an afternoon picnic and will really come to life when the attendees from various Javits Center conventions explore the new spaces instead of trying to catch a cab out of the area. And now, a quick run through some of the events from this week in history, and a look at the concert calendar for this weekend. Five years ago, on March 12, 2014, a natural gas explosion levels two five-story buildings on Park Avenue at 116th Street, killing eight people, injuring 70, and displacing 100 families. A resident in a neighboring building had noticed the odor of gas and called Con Ed, but the explosion occurred shortly after that call was made before Con Ed personnel could arrive. The NTSB investigation highlighted both faulty joining of pipes and an underground collapse that caused the pipes to bend and crack open. The gas main buried under Park Avenue at that location was found to date back to 1887. Today, the site of the collapsed buildings is fenced off and carries memorials to those lost in the blast and a plaque commemorating the event. 
three years ago on March 12, 2016, an 84-foot tugboat, The Specialist, sinks after colliding with a barge near the Tappan Zee Bridge, killing three. In an NTSB investigation, the crew was found to have been overtired and faced with performing a difficult maneuver as they approached the construction zone under the Tappan Zee while pushing a crane barge that obstructed their visibility. Park of the Day Davidson Playground in Morris Heights in the Bronx Little is known about Oliver Matthias Davison, for whom this playground and the adjacent Davidson Avenue are named. Davidson served as chief engineer of streets from 1867 to 1872, and at one time owned land in Fordham. This small neighborhood park contains playground equipment and many lush trees providing shade. Stop by the Queen's Botanical Garden this Saturday to attend their backyard composting workshop. You can learn what goes into a compost bin, how to maintain it properly, and how to use the compost after it has had time to develop. Registration is required, but the event is free. Visit the link in the show notes to the NYC Parks website or call 718-886-3800 for more info. And now, something tells me our robot friend has big plans this weekend on the concert calendar. Here's the AGBC concert calendar for St. Patrick's Day weekend. The Movie Life and Travis Shettle are playing Brooklyn Night Bazaar on Friday, March 15th. Sunry is playing the Town Hall on Friday, March 15th. Have a Nice Life, Consumer, Elizabeth Color Wheel, Midwife, and Planning for Burial are playing Market Hotel on Friday, March 15th. Massive Attack is playing Radio City Music Hall on Friday, March 15th. The Purple Tour and Lucas Graham are playing Hammerstein Ballroom on Friday, March 15th. Death Cults, Husbandry, and Lepesh are playing Union Pool on Friday, March 15th. The Bouncing Souls and Strike Anywhere are playing White Eagle Hall on Saturday, March 16th. Youth of Today, Glitterer, Crime Watch, and Line of Sight are playing Brooklyn Bazaar on Sunday, March 17th. Kenny O'Brien and the O'Doules and Kevin Devine are playing Mercury Lounge on Sunday, March 17th. This Heat, This Is Not This Heat, and Event are playing, La, Poisson Rouge on Monday, March 18th. Thursday and American Pleasure Club are playing St. Vitus Bar on Monday, March 18th. Fleetwood Mac is playing Madison Square Garden on Monday, March 18th. Here's something you may not have known about New York. Sidewalk food carts have those classic large umbrellas because the Department of Health regulations state that food being prepared outdoors must be covered by an overhead structure to prevent contamination. The extreme highs and lows for this week in weather history, a record high of 83 degrees on March 20, 1945, and a record low of 7 degrees on March 18, 1916. Weather for the week ahead, light rain tomorrow, with high temperatures falling to 46 degrees on Sunday. Thanks for listening to A Great Big City News. Follow along 24 hours a day on social media at A Great Big City, or email contact at A Great Big City with any news, feedback, or topic suggestions. Subscribe to A Great Big City News wherever you listen to podcasts, on iTunes, Google Play, 
Podcast Addict, Spotify, or listen to each episode on the podcast pages at agreatbigcity.com slash podcast. Visit the site to see show notes and extra links for each episode. And if you enjoy the show, leave a review wherever you're listening. Thanks for being part of A Great Big City.